It's great to be back in front of you. I hope you're all excited. I'm really excited for tonight to wrap up the uh, Unity and Community series. So this video we're going to open up with uh, is kind of the opposite of what we've been teaching you. So it's kind of a funny thing just to kind of get you guys in the right mood for tonight. So watch this. Uh, So obviously we've kind of been teaching you guys the opposite of that, which hopefully you guys all understand. Um, So tonight... We're going to be talking about submission uh, and what that means for unity and how to, how to have unity in that. And also we're going to be wrapping up the series, so we're going to be reviewing a little bit. Um, so what we're going to be talking about is a question that actually came from one of you guys. Uh, during the fall retreat, um, this question was given to Brad, and whoever wrote it, um, if you recognize it, give yourself a pat on the back because it's a great question. The question is, all this stuff is life-changing, but how do we apply that we are Christian? Carry a Bible? Well, that's a great question, Johnny. I'm going to give you a four. No, it is a good question, okay? Um, There you go. So how do you live in unity? How do we apply living in unity to our everyday lives? In school, in work, homes, neighborhood, uh, at Oasis, how do you guys do it? Uh, I'm going to give you guys the, uh, the main point of the night right away. So write this down. Submission seals unity. It's up there in the big jumbotron. Um, submission seals unity. So it's different for every one of us. Submission looks different for every person. Maybe you're the kid who at school, uh, you're at a school with a lot of drugs and alcohol and all this partying going on and stuff, and you're a Christian. You really don't have any Christian friends. How are you supposed to live in unity? How are you supposed to live in unity with kids that are on the complete opposite side of life that you are? How are you supposed to relate to them? How are you supposed to evangelize to them when they don't even care? Maybe you're the kid uh, maybe you're homeschooled, and the only time you have community is at Oasis or at church with other believers, which is still extremely important to have community uh, in believers, and that's one of the main topics. Maybe you're the kid uh, that everybody knows is a Christian, um, and kids try to get under your skin just to make you a hypocrite. They try to get under your skin to make you respond and bring them to their level. Maybe you're the kid who's always on sports teams and, and always in the weight room with other guys or girls, whatever it may be. And they're always cussing and talking about uh, sex and pornography and drugs and how they got high last weekend. How are you supposed to be unified with your team and be a part of your team when you don't talk about that stuff? How are you supposed to talk to them about it when they aren't going to listen to you because you don't participate with them? These are all tough questions, um, and it's hard to understand and how to live, at, live it out at the young age. Um, most teenagers, especially middle schoolers on up to 10th grade, but that does not exclude Uh, juniors and seniors, because I know a lot of you still struggle with it too. Um, We like to grasp, or we like to think about concrete things, something you can grasp. In school, you guys are taught to do procedures, have hypotheses, um, test it out. You physically see the results. You physically look at a book and the artifacts in the books and stuff. um, You know it's there. What we teach you Sunday mornings, what we teach you Wednesday nights is abstract. There's nothing to grasp. Yeah, you might say, yay, I prayed the prayer. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I prayed the prayer, man. Duh, I'm a Christian. Duh. Um, but the Bible never really tells us uh, we have to pray a certain prayer. Um, over 230 times it says, if you just believe, you will have faith. Now, it's different from saying, yeah, I know there's a God, and living it out. You have to live it out. But we're asking you guys to think abstractly with us, and that's the hard part about this. Why live out your life for something that you can't even see and you don't know if it's real. But we can know it's real because of the Bible and because of what the apostles tell us and what the Old Testament authors tell us. 
Um, so tonight's talk, walking us through submission, is not talking about UFC submission. I'm not going to bring Mitch up here and put him in a dragon triangle kickbox lock. I don't know what they call him. Um, but it's not what we're going to do. Uh, but I'm, I am going to start off with kind of a funny story. Um, I always like to start off with funny stories. Um, so when I was a kid, you guys can probably relate to this, I never did what my parents told me to do the first time they told me. They would always interrupt me doing my most important thing of the day, which is watching TV, obviously, or playing video games. They would always ask me to do a chore, and I would obviously, I mean, no kid likes doing chores. So I would sit there, and it would take them two or three times to tell me, say, Ben, go take out the trash. Ben, go take out the trash. Finally, my mom, in her loving attitude and loving ways, would come up to me and just stand over me. Ben, go take out the trash. Like, okay, Mom. Hold on, please. I'm watching my show. Jeez. Five. Oh, okay. So you run and do it. You run and do all your, your chores. I mean, you, you go down, worship your mom until she gets to one. You do not want your mom to get to one because otherwise you know it's game over. You'll be grounded. You'll be spanked. You'll be whatever it is. Um, yeah, so you don't want her to get to number one. And even now, um, I don't know if you guys can relate. I can. Even my sister and girlfriend do that sometimes if I don't do something for them. They'll start counting down, and it's, um, I'm a robot. I just stand up and do it. So maybe you guys actually have the same view. Submission is something that is forced. You're forced to obey your parents uh, because they're, they're put over you. They're, they're your parents. You're forced to be under a government, under a president, and obeying the laws. Um, you're forced at Oasis, to listen to your leaders, to listen to Brad. We're here to disciple you guys, so we're, we're above you guys. God put us in our lives, in your lives, above us. Um, in his book, Everyday Church, Tim Chester, Brad actually read out of this book a couple weeks ago. He has a good definition of what um, submission should look like for a Christian. Um, and it says this. Mission, so what Brad talked about, what, what's the purpose of our life. Mission by being good neighbors, good workers, and good family members. That is what Peter calls us to. In particular, Peter calls us to a distinctive attitude to others. We live in a culture where it's all about me, my rights, my pleasure, my fulfillment. God's people have an altogether different motto. It's not about me, it's about God and others. That makes a profound difference when we enter the public square or the workplace or at the home. So, Tim Chester then goes on to explain this more. And summed up, what he's saying is that Peter calls us away from ourselves to serve others. Because Jesus Christ did the same. Jesus Christ came to this earth to serve us, not to be served. He came to die for us, the ultimate sacrifice. Um, so let's look at this. Turn with me to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. We're looking at verses 21 to 25. Starting off with chapter, no, sorry, verse 21. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. 
So I know what you guys are all thinking. I mean, it's, it's the gospel presentation here. Jesus Christ died. He died for your sins. You guys are all thinking, yeah, Ben, I know. I'm a high schooler. I've heard that stuff since I was a kindergartner. Jesus came. He died for my sins, rose again. Now I'm saved, right? Well, yeah, that's half the point Peter's making here. Peter's also trying to say, um, we need to realize the significance of that. We need to know why that affects our lives and how that affects our lives and what we need to do with that. Uh, The Bible doesn't just show us that we're saved by grace through faith. The Bible also gives us implications to live by. If you're a believer, this is what your life should look like. This is what you should be doing. It gives us distinctions, makes us distinct from the rest of the world. Be in the world but not of the world. See that in John. So we should be different. We should look different, act different from the rest of the world compared on the inner, on the inner side. Um, so when you read the Gospels and the story of Jesus, you will see that he truly came to serve us. Um, and in verse 21, it actually says he, he left the perfect example for us to do that. Um, Jesus, when he was being ridiculed and, and made fun of and mocked, what did he do? Did he retaliate? Did he say stuff back to him? No. You guys look at verse 23 again. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. How many of you guys recognize the song? Lecrae fans. How many? Anybody? You got one? Ryan Potter does. A few over here. Anger management. You guys heard that song? So, Lecrae kind of has the song based off of this. It's a sweet song. Look it up later. There's your fun fact of the day. Just a little side note. Um, but when some, someone is making fun of you, what do you guys do? When they spread lies about you, do, do you spread lies about them? When they call you names, do you call them names back to try to sink to their level? When they turn your friends against you, do you turn their friends against them? How do you guys respond? How did Jesus respond to them? The movie Sandlot. How many of you guys have seen that one? Another hand raised. Ah, it's a great movie. So the classic scene in that movie is when Porter, the kind of heavier set redhead kid, and the baseball team captain of their rival team are going at it, making fun of each other, calling each other names, telling them they bob for apples in the toilet. I mean, they play ball like a girl, and they're always like, oh. you know, it's crazy stuff. Um, other names that really aren't meant for youth group. Um, but Jesus didn't do any of that. There was none of that. He knew he was out on this earth to get in a verbal argument. He knew he was here to glorify God. He knew he was here to die for us and set the example for us. Um, And based on the reading, we see that. He entrusted himself to God. What does entrust mean? What does it mean to entrust yourself? It means to deliver yourself or give yourself over to. God gave himself over to, Jesus, excuse me, gave himself over to God and knew that God is the righteous judge. God would forgive them or judge them. God would bless us for not retaliating. Let's look at verse 24. Jesus bore our sins so that we would be dead to sin and live in righteousness. Like James said two weeks ago or three weeks ago, um, we must live in holiness. When we live holy lives, when we live set apart from sin, what other room is there to not be in unity? When you guys don't lie about your friends or cheat or do illegal things, when you guys don't cuss or swear or um, look at porn or whatever it may be, What room is there for you guys not to be living in unity? What left is there? 
So by his wounds, we are healed and made righteous. Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we can return to God. We can be away from the legalistic lifestyle that they used to live in and just rely on God and, and be saved by grace through faith. Um, spiritual submission or submitting ourselves to God is much different than worldly submission, obviously, as we, as we know that. Um, so when Paul and the other apostles are writing in uh, writing the New Testament letters, they all, letters, excuse me, you always see him starting off by saying, I, Paul, a bondservant of Christ. Peter, a bondservant of Christ for the glory of God. Bondservant means a willful slave or a willful worker. When we become bondservants of, bondservants of Christ, when we submit ourselves to God, it's willful. Um, because we know and realize. Put that in your notes. We know and realize what Christ did for us. It's one thing to know what he did for us, but it's a whole different ballgame to realize what he did for us. Because if you don't realize what Christ did, how is that going to change your life? How are you going to want to live in unity if you don't know what Christ did for you and how we set that example? So we submit ourselves to God and his authority because it's obedience to him. Okay? Going back a couple verses, 1 Peter 2, 13 to 17. Look at those real quick. I'll read those for you guys. Who is going to, oops, excuse me, that's chapter 3. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. God has a purpose for all leaders. God had a purpose for President Bush, no matter how bad or good you think he is. God has a, pre- a purpose for President Obama still. God has a huge purpose for your teachers, for your parents, for your leaders here at Oasis. Uh, one of the professors I had the past couple of years, um, Dan Hauge is his name. He, he's letting me use the story. Um, he grew up in a non, non-Christian family. His dad never really treated him that well. And uh, by, at the age of 15, his mom was killed by a drunk driver. And from then on for the next few weeks and months, he said he never came home without his dad passed out on the couch or with a beer in his hand drunk. His dad was drunk for weeks and months straight. And after that, his life just turned upside down because his dad didn't respect him. His dad didn't care about him. His dad wasn't very nice to him. He later became a believer, and he also was able to convert his dad later down the road. And now, he tells us, he tells us he's thankful for that. He's so thankful, and he wouldn't trade it for anything in the world because now he knows what a father is not supposed to do and what a father is supposed to do. It allowed him to grow closer to God, his heavenly father. Uh, another friend of mine, um, she, uh, her, same thing with her dad. Her dad uh, was never really a part of her life, but was always a part of her brother's lives. Her dad never went out of his way to be uh, at her events, but always was at her brother's events. Um, this allowed her to grow closer to God as well. She also knows how she's supposed to care and love for her children. So when he is around, she forgives him. She forgives him and loves him and talks to him and still interacts with him. These are both examples of parenting, but uh, just know that God does have a purpose 
private person he has in, in your life that's an authority figure. And even if you don't understand it now, just like those two, 20 or 30 or 10, whatever it may be, years down the road, um, you might realize, like, hey, yeah, I mean, God allowed me to grow so much through that time. I know now what I'm supposed to be like, what, what a parent looks like, what this job head looks like. I know now how to rely on God more, and I can help out somebody else. Um, so, guys, let's turn to 1 Peter 3, 8, and 9. We're going to look at um, ways to be submissive. So, what I want you to do is mark this down. 1 Peter 3, 8, and 9. Do you guys want to know how to sum up the entire series? These are the two verses to do it. Put it in your pocket, fold it up, write it on your forehead, tattoo it on your skin with a pen. Whatever you have to do to remember it, remember it, okay? So we're going to read those. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. So it shows us another way to be submissive, holy and on a mission for Christ. Um, so I realize um, some of these verses have some pretty big words, so let's just walk through it real quick. Um, be like-minded. So, um, excuse me. Be harmony with each other. Be submissive, not fighting with each other. Sympathetic, which means you're understanding and not judgmental. You're not judging somebody for the way they, they treat you or the way they treat others or the way they're acting. Be Loving or brotherly, I know this one might be tough. Brotherly, in the Bible terms, means like you don't fight. I know some of you, um, you might be like, oh, my brother is so annoying. He always just does annoying stuff and, and listens to music and sports and everything. And some of you guys might be jealous of your brother because he gets special attention from your parents, um, which hopefully isn't true. But uh, me and my brother, we always had a, my brother and I, proper English, Always had a, an odd relationship. We were very competitive, so when we play video games or play basketball or play football, um, we would always, always, always end in a fight. Duke it out, call each other names, say we hate each other, not talk to each other, and five minutes later we just kind of find one another and be like, uh, hey bro, you want to go play ball? Yeah, let's go! So we'd run, run down the park and play, and we're all skippy and... Fine and dandy and, and all that stuff. Most of the time, our siblings and, uh, and parents wouldn't even know we fought because that's how fast we kind of made up. I mean, we couldn't go two minutes without, without playing with each other and, and getting mad at each other again. Um, but that's not even what it's looked like. If you do have a fight with a brother or with another person, it's supposed to be resolved quickly and in a godly manner. But when you love your brother, you don't want any of that. You don't want any dissensions among you. You don't want any arguments or fighting. Um, we're also commanded to be kind-hearted and humble towards one another, which means putting others before yourself. Now that's, I'm going to repeat that. That's a tough one. Putting others before yourself. How do you do that? Well, when I tell you guys to be submissive, I'm not telling you to be a slave or whipped. I know uh, nowadays, if a boy and a girl are together in a relationship, the girl asks the boy to, hey, honey, will you, will you give me a water? boy's like, yeah, sure. Everybody breaks out the whip. Trust me, I know. And uh, 
they call you whipped. But that's, that's not being whipped. That's showing love and care and compassion for that other person. You're supposed to do that for everybody, not just your girlfriend or boyfriend. You're supposed to share love and compassion. If somebody asks you to do something, do it out of love and for the glory of God. Submission seals unity. Write it down again. Submission seals unity. Honor those who God has put in front of you. Respect God, obey God, and do the same for those he puts in front of you. Submit to those he puts in front of you. Submit to those who are your friends or peers. So going back, um, we're going to go back to Romans, Romans chapter 12, verses 4 and 5. You guys don't have to turn there, I'll just read it to you uh, for the sake of time. For just as each one of us has a body with many members, and these members do not all have the same functions, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all others. So just as my left foot helps my right foot to walk, I can't walk with one leg unless I hop, which would be extremely difficult and hard. Um, So is the concept of the body of Christ. We're up here teaching you guys every week. You guys are listening and expounding upon what you listen, and hopefully bringing more kids to youth group. So we're helping each other out. We're building up the body of Christ, even though we're one body. Brad might be the right arm. I might be the left arm. James might be the toe. I mean, whatever it is. Uh, We're all one body and all have different functions. So we all should serve one another, love one another, and help each other grow. Um, Let God be the final judge. Entrust yourself to God. You guys, we see this back verses 8 and 9. The Gospel to Center Discipleship, that's a book. Um, I read that, and, and when people are attacking you, you're, you're either one of two things, a withdrawer or an attacker. If you're an attacker, that means you make up excuses. You're like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. And then they're like, oh, yeah, good one. And if you're in a withdrawer, you just, uh, you just leave the fight. You don't want to talk about anything. You guys are kind of supposed to be a little bit of both with uh, different wording on the attacker. If somebody comes up to you, and they call you ugly, what's your first response? You're supposed to bless them. So if somebody comes up to me and says, dude, you are ugly, it's like, yeah, well, you're really handsome. <laughs> That's not exactly what we're supposed to do. Uh, when it says bless them, it might be pray for them. Be like, hey, I'll pray for you. I don't, know, I don't know why you think that. So when somebody calls you ugly or whatever or mocks you, you're not supposed to return evil. Let God be the final judge. Bless them instead. Talk with them. Don't be an attacker. Don't be a withdrawer. Be like, hey, what, what caused that? Why are, you, why are you calling me this stuff? Why are you calling me ugly and I'm not going to respond to that. I'm just going to pray for you. I'll talk through it with you. And if you did do something wrong to this person, man up to it. Apologize for it. Don't let there be any room to not walk in unity. Um, so we're going to wrap this up. So what did we learn through the whole series? Not just through tonight, but the whole series. The first week we learned about the gospel. Brad went over the gospel. Um, we kind of talked about that tonight. We have to not only know God, but realize what Jesus Christ did for us. Uh, we talked about holiness. Why it's so vital for us to live in holiness and be set apart from sin. Um, we also learned about our mission as believers. What is our purpose for being on this world? What is our purpose for coming to church and coming to Oasis and learning about God? What, what's the point of that? 
Tonight we learned about why it's important to be submissive. Who to be submissive to. Um, John the Baptist, who is one of the, uh, one of the greater believers, he's the one who ushered in Christ, said he is not even worthy to untie the, the sandals off of Jesus' feet. Do you guys have a proper view of our God? Do you submit to our God, our great and all-powerful God? Humble yourself before God and submit to him. When you submit to God, you submit to others, and you know that. When you submit to God, you walk in unity. So tonight, you guys, when you go to your life groups, we're going to talk more about that and ways to do that and what stops you from that and what stops you from submitting to others. Okay? So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to thank you so much for tonight. And uh, God, I pray that each one of these kids got a lot out of this talk. And I pray that each one of these kids um, would just really walk in unity in these, in these next couple of weeks and months and years. Um, I pray that they would just glorify you with their, with their actions, God, and just submit to you and submit to others and uh, be holy and be on a mission for you and, and realize what your gospel is and what it means. God, I pray that you would bless the rest of this night. Uh, help us just to grow in you, God. Amen.